Thank you for this day. Thank you for the weather. It's not raining, which is amazing. Lord, thank you for our gathering, for our brother Ken, and for the opportunity for us to meet and celebrate the fact that you brought a family together one year ago, and we have made a community, an impact, and have sought to make a difference in our city and our town. Lord, I lift this time up. Let this be of you and not me. Speak now, Lord, to our hearts and our minds. We lift this up and pray in your name, Jesus. And every heart said, Amen. 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 Well, if you have a, uh, a Bible, go ahead and flip over to the book of Matthew, verse 28. Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to be in verse 16 all the way to the end. So before we get there, let's, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on. Jesus lived his earthly ministry on earth and proclaimed the gospel to all men and women and children around him, not just by word, but by deed. He lived his life in pursuit of people and the fact that God loves people was always on his lips, it was always on his mind, and he showed people over and over and over again that the law of God is not necessarily about following all the rules of God, but the law of God is love. And his love. His love for you, his love for me, and his love for all people. In fact, when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment is, he said... Love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, which is love your neighbor and yourself. He said all, this principle, this house, this foundation, everything is built upon. Love of God and love of people. Everything else comes with it. And so he lived his life on earth preaching that message to everyone that would listen and everyone that would walk with him. And Crazily enough, when you start talking about things and rocking society the way that a message of love and peace and, and away from the cultural regulations and norms that was there, people that uphold those things get really upset. Namely, in the Gospels, a group of people called the Pharisees and the Sadducees were very, very upset. And he lived such a controversial life in his time that they sought and successfully murdered him for his message. Jesus was a martyr for God's love for us. And as he died, and, and crazily enough, he told his disciples more than once, hey, this is going to happen to me. I'm, I'm going to die. They're going to crucify me. But then I'm going to rise from the dead. And it was like they couldn't even hear the second part because on Easter, when he rose from the dead, they were so flabbergasted. I can't believe I just worked that word into a sermon. Flabbergasted. <laughs> I, could, I don't know how I, I, I... Brain works in an, a weird way. They were flabbergasted enough that they couldn't even believe it. In fact, one of them, Thomas, who's now famously known as Doubting Thomas, says, I won't believe it unless I put my hand in the hole, my finger in the hole of his hand and my hand in the side where they speared him. I won't believe it unless I do that. And then, of course, Jesus, when he appears to him, 
And Thomas, you, you've got to think, at this time, Thomas sees him. He doesn't actually need to put his finger in the hand. Like, he sees him face to face. He understands it. But Jesus goes that extra length and says, Here, Thomas, will you believe now? Here, Thomas, put it in my side. Do you believe now? And so we've been going through this series after Jesus rose from the dead, and he spends this time with his disciples. I can't remember who it is, but some... But he once said that after Jesus rose from the dead, and it's true, that Jesus only spent time with people that loved him. He was only listened to and spoken to by people with loving words and touched by people with loving hands. He poured the post-resurrection, his life after resurrection, which you would think, show yourself to the world, Jesus, go everywhere, right? Start walking all the roads. Jerusalem's like the center of the Middle East right now. All these roads are going. The Roman Empire built roads everywhere. Walk it and just start talking with people. Show everybody your life. But he didn't do that. He stayed with the people that loved him before the whole thing went down. And he does so many things which Pastor Kevin and I have been talking about. He, he restores Peter. He has conversations with people that love him. He has all these, he cooks with people. He has meals with people. And then finally, when they think that maybe they're on solid ground again with Jesus, that now he's going to stay with them in bodily form forever. Now the kingdom's coming. All of these things are going to be different. Jesus says this. We're going to be in Matthew chapter, eight, or chapter 28, starting in verse 16, says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. His parting words to the people that had dedicated their lives to him, that followed him through things, that that stayed with him and that had walked with him to this mountain where Jesus is about to ascend, his parting words weren't, you guys are great, stick with it. It wasn't, you guys, I love you so much, it's amazing. It wasn't, don't worry about everything, I've got it all. That's not what he said. He said, all authority. I love that, all authority. Jesus spoke many times that he says, I do the will of the Father. I do the will of the Father. I do the will of my Father. And he, he submitted to God the Father's will. But this time he says something just a little bit different. He says, everything on heaven on earth, anything that has authority, anything that will have authority, anything that you can think should be able to boss you around has been given to me. This is what he's saying to set up his statement. He's not just saying like, You know how you have a car and an owner's manual and they have like these suggested maintenance things? It's not like this, you know, you own this car now. You should probably do these things. It's not like change your oil every three, change your oil every 3,000 miles. But it's not just like that. If you miss it by a couple miles, it's not a big deal. It's not a suggested thing. He's saying this is the foundation of everything and I'm pouring 
everything that I have, everything that I am, and all authority that's ever been given into this. And it's to go and make disciples of all nations. Like I said, Jesus could have walked these roads by himself. He could have walked every single day. He could stride in here and I would sit down and let him preach, obviously. But he didn't, do, he didn't say to do that. He said, go and make disciples. Weird thing about making disciples. It's like culture. It's cultivating, right? If you read through the Gospels, Jesus uses a lot of farming terms, right? I had some seed, farmer sowed some seed. I am the vine, you're the branch. Because this was the culture. This was what they did. But, and in this place, he says, make disciples. It's farming. It's bringing up. It's pouring water on. It's bringing growth. It's cultivating things. Funny thing about culture in fact, I've, heard, I've had a lot of friends and I've talked to a lot of people about this. And there's, there's kind of a split consensus about this, but a lot of people have said culture is what you make it. It's cultivated. It's worked. It's, it's evolved over time. And people with different views and backgrounds have poured into things until we see the world the way it is around us and cultivated our culture. You talk about this when you're starting businesses, or you're starting churches, or you're revamping churches. What's the culture of your church? What are you, in essence, making? And how are you making it? This is the words that would go into the description that Jesus is talking about when he says, make disciples. He doesn't say microwave them right? I love that. I wish, I wish we could do that. In fact, is anybody else? I, I'm 